I feel like um like it's the perfect moment. Everything stops. All the issues you know in your life, they disappear. And you just are in a magical world where it's you who brings the life to the picture you are coloring. Welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista podcast and a chat with someone who truly loves the magical worlds the coloring books can take us to. Her beautiful pictures and videos are a big inspiration to me and many others in the community. And even if French is her main language, she has always made her videos also for English-speaking colorists. And she is the only one I know that use both French and English in her live streams, so everyone will understand. Let's welcome Barbara Couleur. At the first place, I did it because it was um, English-speaking people who asked me to make my first video. So I made it in French, of course, because I couldn't speak English at all at that moment, only read English. And so I made the video in French and I asked a friend of mine to write the subtitles for me. <laughs> so I, I typed it on the editing uh, program. And so I posted my first video in French with English subtitles. And when was this? It was two years ago, November 2019. Wow. And after that? And after that, I discovered that uh, on YouTube, you could add uh, automatic subtitles in French, but there are lots of mistakes. So I begin to correct all the mistakes in French and then I translate in English and then I correct all the um, bad translations in English because some words are not the same. You know, for example, in French, the word leave and the word sheet of paper, it's the same word. So <laughs> when oh. I speak of a leaf of a tree, it's, it's why it's a sheet instead of a leaf, you know. So it's, it's really a lot of work to translate. So one day I talked about it uh, to Olivier Odorant and she said, why don't you try to speak English? Maybe it will take less time. So that's how I, I did try for the first time to speak English on my video. I'm so curious about the French community, coloring community, because I don't understand French. And uh, it seems to be a lot of people out there. And as I can't read and understand, I'm so curious. Is it the same kind of chats and coloring techniques? Absolutely. We have French uh, speaking coloring groups and we talk about it. We have French challenges. And that's how I, I met the French community. Uh, there was a, a challenge um, two years ago. Um, every month the, we had a team and we had to color in that team. And there were five uh, YouTubers who hosted this event. And um, that's how I met the French community. And that's how I began to color something new, because before that, I only followed color alongs on YouTube. So uh, that was that was what I liked. <laughs> Just follow along and create nothing. Just follow along and have a beautiful picture at the end on my book. So during uh, almost, um, well, during one year, I did only that. Follow color along. <laughs> But how did it start, this coloring book passion? I wanted to color to relax and I went to the shops to, to watch coloring books and there was nothing that pleased me there. Just big flowers and mandala with uh, repetitive, simple patterns like shoes, you know, or books. And it didn't really interest me. And one day I, I went to the usual shop and 
once again, I went to see the coloring books and I saw Lost Ocean. Oh, my word. It was exactly what I was looking for. There were pages with um, beautiful patterns telling a whole story. So immediately about that book, it was in January 2018. And uh, my passion began from there. But did you color as a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, I drew a lot. I like to draw, uh, taking um, a template on um, on a book, for example, for example, a horse, and I copied the horse on a sheet of paper, and then I I added colors on it. So that's what I liked to do when I was a kid and an adolescent too. Did you start to do the color alongs? Follow them on YouTube with this Lost Ocean. Uh, yes, absolutely. Actually, at that time, I only had they weren't inktens. Um, it was a, a random choice <laughs> because I saw them uh, secondhand on a Belgium website. So I bought them. I didn't know anything about those pencils. And so when I tried them, they, they looked so weird. <laughs> so I, I said to myself, how how do I have to use the, those pencils? So um, I went on Google how to use in French, of course, how to use the Wenting 10. So I didn't found lots of results. So I had the idea to type it in English. And so I found a color along on YouTube in Ocean, precisely with the went intense. It was with uh, jazz funk. And uh, I followed it and I really discovered that those pencils were not like the others because they, are, they needed to be activated by water. And I learned the use of the white color. And so it was it was like a new world opening under my eyes, you know. And I think it's so interesting because I have never liked to follow along on the on YouTube or things like that, even if I wished I wanted to do that because you can learn so much. But what is it about it that you find so relaxing? Um, because I I was afraid to create something. I didn't want to to look for ideas and uh, choose my colors. I didn't know anything about coloring. And what I wanted it was, um, for example, one were just putting colors on the sheet of paper and not thinking at all. And so following a color along is perfect because there is somebody <laughs> more skilled than you and this person tell you which pencil to take and how to use it. So I just take the pencil and I put it on the paper and the result, the result, you know, in advance what it will be because you see the picture of the person, the final picture. So you choose the final picture you want in your book and then you just follow along and you have this picture in your book. So I, I think it's it's really, really relaxing. So I did it for almost two years. But this challenge made you to, to start coloring in a different way then? Or? Uh, yes, yes, because uh, there was um, there was a, a month. The theme was uh, autumn colors, and we had a palette of six colors, and we had to use those six colors. And so I told, oh, I I won't enter this month because I never did the coloring by myself. I don't want to. It's too complicated for me. And so um, the the girl said, yes, do it. You'll have fun, I'm sure. So I took a page in Enchanted Forest, which was my second book. <laughs> And um, because Ancient Forest was the the right book to make autumn colorings, and so as I had the artist editions, I decided to to draw a tree in the at the edge of the picture to fill the, the white space. And so when I posted my work in progress, everybody asked, "How did you make that tree?" Well, I said it, it was so simple to make it with the one thing. So could you shoot a video? Oh my God, how to shoot a video? So, 
<laughs> so I called a friend, a, a friend from um, this uh, challenge of uh, of the five YouTubers hosting the challenge, and she explained to me all what I needed to know to post my first video. So your first coloring where you did not follow someone else, you get asked to do a video about. Yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> maybe maybe did I one or two f before for Johanna's competitions because for those competitions you had to put your color so maybe did I one or two colorings before and then I made that one and I was asked to to show how to make the tree so I made a video how to draw a tree that was my very first one and then I continued the coloring and when I posted the second <laughs> post with the um, work in progress I had made uh, leaves with the Wentingtons which has wonderful wet and orange it's perfect for the autumn colors and so people asked to me how did you make the leaves oh <laughs> so, fortunately i had made them in uh, my artist edition of enchanted forest so i still had the blank page in the normal edition of enchanted forest so i shooted a second video to to, to shoot the coloring of the leaves and that's it then they asked me to finish the page with them so i did it And that's how my YouTube channel began. And after that, what happened in your coloring process? I continued to make videos and um, sometimes I follow along. It depends when what I want to do. <laughs> sometimes I have a precise idea of a page, what, what it should be. So at the beginning, I was looking of color along, which had the same idea as I had. And of course, I didn't find it. <laughs> So that one, no, I won't take it. I don't want a green sky. And that one, no, I won't take it. I want the sea be, being like that. And so at the end, I said to myself, but if you had such a clear idea of the page, how it should be, why don't you do it by yourself? And so that's mm. how I began to color by myself. But you seems to be very interested in learning to uh, learn new tutorials or follow along or uh, exploring new mediums. Well, I I don't do it uh, to learn. Actually, I just do it because I like it. The, for me, there is nothing more relaxing than follow along. And then, of course, wh when you do that, you learn lots of things without even noticing that you learn things. And then when you make your own coloring page, you use those techniques in your own way, of course, because it's not something that you have studied, but it's something that you have practiced. practiced. So it comes by itself. That's what I keep telling to all the people that are telling me, I'm beginning my coloring journey. I don't color well. I ruin all my page. I say, just enjoy color and it will come by itself. It's not complicated. We learn it just by doing it. But that's lovely because I wanted to ask how you became so good. <laughs> I don't think I'm good. I, I think I just put together all the techniques I've learned. And doing this, I learned new techniques by myself. And so, uh, for example, you learn the most when you when you ruin a page because you do something and, oh, my God, it's ugly. Or, oh, my God, it's not what I wanted. When you progress, you learn not to say it's ugly because it's never ugly. Colors on a page, it's never ugly. We have to learn that. It's just not what we wanted. It's not the same. And um, it happens often that it's not what we wanted. So, uh, for example, uh, once I made a night uh, sky 
and I used the wanting tense and oh my God, there were so many strokes of pencils. I, so many lines and streaking and oh, it's absolutely not what I wanted. So I tried to fix it and trying to fix it. I used soft pastels above the wanting tense and it was perfect. And then adding some stars, it finished to erase the imperfections. So um, it became a technique of mine. Use any medium you want, the wanting tense or watercolors and then put soft pastels above and then you you add some stars and the effect is nice and even if there is still some streaking it's not a problem i think the best thing i learned while coloring during three years is that our coloring hasn't to be perfect and if you tell it to yourself you'll never be unhappy with the coloring page until the end you try to fix the things you like less but at a point you have to stop and say That's how my coloring looks. And so maybe it's not perfect, but it's mine. And it was a journey and it's the journey, which is beautiful and not the end result. How important is the end result for you? I really like when my page is finished, but I don't feel I have to to make it better when it's finished. You know, I know some colorists, two years later, they take a page and they color above. I will never do that. Because I think that each page is a stone on your path of coloring journey. And each stone is beautiful. Even if it's a stone when you were a beginner, it tells a part of your coloring story. And so for me, it's important when I'm finished and I see today the colorings I made two or three years ago, I see that I didn't know how to make the shading, for example. And there are no shadows. Okay, the shadows are missing, but I won't add it now because they represent a moment, an important moment <laughs> of my coloring journey. And so I, I like them all. I like them all, even if they don't always look like I want it. And the more I color, the more I accept that sometimes the pages don't want to go where you want them to go. <laughs> It's like they, they wanted to live their own life, you know, especially with Worlds of Wonder. It's really the perfect book for that because you begin with an idea and then um, you make something and it doesn't have the result you want. So you make something else to fix it. And at the end, the page doesn't look at all like you wanted it, but it's beautiful also. Mm. <laughs> so I learned to let the page speak. And that's what I tell in uh, coloring groups to people saying, oh, I missed my page. It wasn't what I wanted. And I tell them, let your page live its own life maybe she wants you to take uh, she wants to take you to another path and go just follow it's the path which is beautiful that's wonderful because i think this picture we have in the head can really destroy our happiness if it's not turning out as we want it to absolutely and the happiness is the key you know because we do this to relax and we have so many other themes on in our lives where we don't choose what we do <laughs> we have to do what we are t told to do and even if we don't like it we have to do it and in coloring there is nothing like that you just do what you want and the, the only thing that can stop you is that you don't have some techniques But it's not a problem. You can learn new techniques. So I have some pages I want to do, but I know what to do and I don't have the technique. So I just leave the page for later. And then um, I, I go back to the page, for example, uh, Galaxy Night Sky. Now I know how to do it. So I can go back to some pages when I, where I wanted to make a Galaxy Night Sky and I didn't know how to do. So I just let the page and now I can do it. But how do you choose what to color next? I mean, what page, what book? 
uh, it's very difficult because I have so many ideas that I won't be able to color all the pages I, I have in my head <laughs> during my whole life. I need four or, or five lives. If you can do it for me, it would be nice. <laughs> I wish. I need that too for all my books. <laughs> so it's very difficult for me to choose the next one. And often it's, um, it's speaking while speaking to people and some people asking me to make a body coloring. So that's how I choose the next book or um, one I really, really want to do. And then I, I want to achieve that page I'm doing just to go to the next book. But of course, there are lots of books I have and I haven't colored in them yet because I have other emergency colorings to do before so I would like to have more time to color <laughs> indeed <laughs> the problem is to choose which one because I, I want to color so much so much page how long does it take for you to finish a picture oh my god uh, usually it's b between 20 and 30 hours hmm. Yes, I'm a very, very slow colorist and I, and I'm perfectionist. So I rework every detail <laughs> as long as it needs. So I'm very, very slow. And so for the live videos, I try to make it shorter, of course, because nobody, <laughs> nobody will want to color 30 hours with me on a page. <laughs> I try to make things simpler <laughs> for the live coloring so I can do it in four lives or five lives of two hours. But of course, there is a lot of chatting in the live coloring. So if it's in five parts, maybe the coloring takes um, six or seven hours. Do you color every day? Oh, yes. You know, for me, a day without coloring is a lost day. I know it's huge to say that, especially when I spend the day with people I love, you know. <laughs> But uh, if the day is finished and I haven't color, I feel bad. I really feel bad. I haven't had what I needed in my day, even 10 minutes, but I really need it. And sometimes I can spend five days without colorings and each day I feel more bad <laughs> because I miss it so much. Can you describe the feeling you have when you are coloring? I feel like um like it's the perfect moment. Everything stops. All the issues you know in your life, they disappear. And you just are in a magical world where it's you who brings the life to the picture you are coloring. I like to tell a, a story to, in my head when I'm coloring. So that's why Ivy and the Inky Butterfly was my favorite book before the release of Worlds of Wonder, because the book already told the story. And so you just have to put colors to the story that Johanna has written. And now it's with World of Wonder. I, the stories are, are telling themselves in my head while I'm coloring. So I enter a, a magical world where nothing else exists and where nothing bad happens. It's, it's the perfect moment. Oh, it sounds so cozy. <laughs> and where do you sit when you are doing this? I have a desk in the veranda, but it's very cold in the winter. So I really had problems to color in the winter. So my husband bought me a simple table that he put uh, in front of the window in the living room. So when I'm coloring and I see the birds, 
eating what the grain that I put there for them. And it adds to the perfection of the moment because I'm coloring my page. I have a kitty <laughs> curled in my arms <laughs> and I see the birds uh, by the window. And I also sometimes see a squirrel coming to eat the bird's grain. So it's really perfect. Nothing's more perfect than that. Yes. One thing is more perfect than that. It's in the summer coloring in the garden. <laughs> Ah. With a cat curled in my arms and the birds singing around. That's it's really the most perfect moment I know in life. Wow. <laughs> Where do you find inspiration? It depends. Um, usually I like to work with realism. So, for example, if I have an apple to draw, I will watch uh, apple pictures. Or, for example, I drew some dolphins and sharks in the double page of the fishes in Lost Ocean. And um, when I saw that page, I immediately thought of um, a TV program which spoke about the sardine run. Have you ever heard about it? No, I don't think so. It's a migration. Do we say migration in English? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, when the sardines are migrating. It's a party for the sharks and the dolphins and even some whales and the, the birds, the gannets. And all together, they come inside the sea to eat the fishes. And it's wonderful to see all those animals at the same place. And I had seen that on the TV. And when I saw this double page with uh, 80 fish, I've counted them. <laughs> It immediately made me think to the sardine run. And so I decided to add uh, dolphins and a shark. There wasn't enough space to add a whale, so I didn't. <laughs> and two birds diving. And so for the dolphins, I watched um, 10 or 20 pictures of dolphin on Google to understand the shape. And then I drew the shape of the dolphin. And I did the same with the shark. I had a book, How to Draw Sea Animals. And so I followed the step of the book. So it's like everything. It, it looks difficult when you see the final result. But actually, when somebody explains to you all the steps, it becomes easy. And actually, it's the purpose of my YouTube channel. It's to show people how easy it is when you know the different steps to do to achieve a page. Is it uh, Johanna Basford that is your favorite illustrator? Absolutely. For me, she's she's almost the only one. You know, during two years, I, I colored only in Johanna's book. And when I had Lost Ocean and then Enchanted Forest, I just uh, I just needed to have all her books because I, I love her universe so much. And then I learned to know her through her live videos. And so I became fan of the woman, too. And uh, I'm fan of the illustrator, but I'm fan of the woman. So during two years, I colored only Johanna. Hannah Basford. And then um, I made my YouTube channel and, and I said to myself, maybe should I make some other illustrators for my YouTube channel? Because maybe people are bored <laughs> to see me color in only Johanna's books. So um, I challenged myself in 2020 and my challenge to myself was to open myself to other illustrators. So I began to buy books by Kirby Rosan and um, Hannah Carlson and Millie Marotta and um, I found them good too. <laughs> so now from time to time, I color in other books. So it opens me to new drawings. And 
So new drawings make me color new things, of course, because it's not the same way to color a Kebuvrosan page than a Johanna's page. So it's interesting to do coloring in all the illustrators. So at the end of the year 2020, <laughs> I made a video. So did I realize my challenge of the year? And I counted all the colorings of the year. It was a video with my son and we put some candies. We made two rows, one for Johanna Basford and yeah. one for all the others illustrators. And my son put um, a candy on the row. Each time I show a page, I say, this is Johanna Basford, one point. Other illustrators, one point. I don't remember exactly the end result, but I think it was almost the same number. So maybe... 38 colorings in Johanna Basford books and 36 in other illustrators. So I said, well, <laughs> I realized I achieved my challenge. <laughs> I succeeded to color half Johanna Basford and half all the others. <laughs> But what is it about Johanna's book that you like so much? It's something about how she draw. It uh, immediately speaks to my mind and I can't explain why. The picture tells a story. I'm flipping through Worlds of Wonder while speaking to you. And, for example, I see the, the, the four birds. Immediately, I, I, I want to color them. Each page, each page I take, it's the next one I want to color. So the problem is that I can't color them all. <laughs> so I have to choose. But, uh, yes, each page tells a story for me. And I really love how the pattern is. It's not too complicated. So you can add Uh, realism in them if you want but if you don't want you can just make a gradient in the patterns that she drew so i think that her patterns open a door to let us do whatever we want when a coloring is too precise you don't really feel free or you erase the lines i i begin to do it <laughs> i erase some lines to make something else but uh, with johanna i'm It's very rare that I erase the lines because I I like to use all the all the little things that she added to her pictures and it's only with her that I have that feeling. What is your favorite medium to use when you are coloring? Uh it's pencils. For the moment, <laughs> it's pencils. I say for the moment because I have a friend who told me one year ago, just do watercolors, it's fine. I, I answered, let me use my pencils, that's what I like. <laughs> and finally, and I made one or two walk um, classes with uh, watercolors and I liked it. So now I begin to use it in my coloring books. But pencils are my favorite medium because you can blend them so well and you, you mix the colors and you have another color. So I really, I really love coloring with pencils. Do you have any favorite pencils? Ah, uh, yes. Um, it could change, but <laughs> it could change soon. But for the moment, my favorite one are the Prismacolor. Why? Because they have so, such a large range of color and they have the pastel colors, deco pink, uh, deco yellow, pale sage or gray green light. Those colors, I think they are unique. I haven't found them in my other brands. Well, I don't have so many brands, you know, but even when I color with polychromos, for example, I take uh, the sky blue light or the light peach from Prismacolor to brighten and blend the colors without using the white. The white is very precious, but it makes your color a little bit bland, you know. 
when you have a vibrant blue and you blend it with the white, it's less vibrant. So blending it with a very pale blue, it makes all the difference for me. So Prismacolor are really, really my favorite pencil and they are very smooth. So you don't, it doesn't hurt your hand when you're coloring. You don't have to press too much, just add layers and they can be used as well by beginners who don't know how to layer as by more experimented colorists, because uh, the most you know them, the most you can mix the colors and find new compose and new colors. When you mix some colors, you have a third one. And so for me, they are really, really the perfect pencils as well for beginners as for the, the pros, I would say. <laughs> and when you take the polychromos, they have better quality than the Prismacolor, but I think they are more difficult when you begin because you have to know how to layer to use the polychromos. Uh, with the Prismacolor, even with two colors, <laughs> you press hard and it blends. My son, uh, when he was seven, he used Prismacolor and he made fantastic things <laughs> with them without knowing how to blend. So uh, there are easy pencils. And for me, it's important that when you begin, you use easy <laughs> pencils because it would be too sad to be discouraged by uh, trying things and not reaching what you're trying to do. And with Prismacolor, everything becomes easy. So that's why I really love so much those pencils. And also because most of color belongs on YouTube are made with Prismacolors. Mm, that's true. That's why I, I bought them at the first place, because I always converted all the colors into my The Wanting Tents. And of course, with 72 shades, I hadn't all the colors I needed. So I had to mix colors and it was so complicated. So the, um, the relaxing aspect <laughs> was flying away because it was too complicated to find the white color. So when I bought my Prisma color, it was perfect. Just had to follow, for example, Chris Chang. <laughs> She's a master. Oh, yes. And uh, sometimes uh, she used um, 18 colors just on the head of a bird. And uh, maybe, well, when I began, I, I thought it was maybe a little bit too much. But now I see that I do the same. <laughs> when you know very well your pencils, it's not that you, it's not a rule that you have to add a tenth layer of pencil, but you have a color and you want it to be a little bit darker, but not black. So you take the indigo blue and then it's too blue. So you take a dark green to make it more green, but the blue brings something new. And so that's what's wonderful because we, we can always rework the picture and have um, something new emerging of what you are adding as a layer. So that's why I like so much the Prisma color. But for now, I'm beginning to use the luminance pencils. Yes. And the only thing which is bad with luminance is that there are only 100 colors. <laughs> <laughs> so when you use to 150, sometimes, especially with the greens, there are some missing colors. But I, I like them more and more. I remember when I started to color, then I thought 36 was the perfect amount of colors. But now I totally agree. 100 is too little. <laughs> yes, 100 is too little. And um, more often I use Prismacolor and Polychromos because you have uh, shades in Polychromos that you don't have in Prismacolor and vice versa. <laughs> and so, for example, for the greens, the Polychromos greens like May Green or earth green yellowish or permanent green olive, those greens doesn't exist in Prismacolor. So mixing both, it's really perfect because um, then you have 270 colors. Exactly. <laughs> 
and they mix very well together, I think. Even if they are very different, the composition is different, you can blend polychromos with Prismacolor and Prismacolor with polychromos. The result is really beautiful. So I often use both on the same page. Do you like to use pencils in the backgrounds as well, or do you use water colors or something more quick? I don't really like using pencils on the background because it takes too long and it hurts the hand doing pencil on large areas. To have a smooth blending on large areas, pencils are quite difficult. So when the background is not that big, <laughs> I can use uh, pencils on it. But uh, usually for the backgrounds, I prefer using soft pastels. It's really the most easy a media I know to make backgrounds but sometimes I need something more vibrant so um, I like to add uh, the wanting tense layer under or now I use also watercolor as a first layer and then it darkens the page and so the soft pastels looks very much more vibrant above so that's what I use mostly the wanting tense or watercolors with a layer of soft pastels above and sometimes some little touch-ups with pencils. something else i have seen that you are using your white posca a lot oh yes <laughs> sometimes i want to erase the black lines to create an effect of light to create a highlight and so i don't erase all the black lines because i tried it and i didn't like the result because uh, actually you have to redraw the lines otherwise you don't see the the shapes of the patterns so um, now what i like to do is to color on the page with the black lines and especially in the areas of light erasing a part of the black line and so it gives a highlight effect to the picture and um, a moment ago i discovered the ivory posca mm -hmm. and the ivory posca is my new best friend <laughs> because it's, it's less obvious than the white one you have one m and one mr and i prefer the one m because it's a bullet shaped tip and the one mr it's um it's a ball tip and with the ball tip when you make a point sometimes you have a black point in the middle because of the ball you know so you have to go back again and again so i don't like the ball tip i like the bullet shaped tip the one m and it's perfect it's perfect to put a highlight where you have green areas or yellow areas or when you make gold it's uh, more natural than the white posca for me when you use a posca you have to make People forget you use the Posca. <laughs> I don't know if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's a very, very bright and obvious color. Yes, it's it's very obvious. And I, I don't want that we see there is Posca <laughs> on the picture. I just use it to put highlight and then make you forget that I use Posca, you know. So I choose some places to put it and then I make the line thinner with my pencil or with my nail. And sometimes I color above. So we almost don't see the Posca on the page. We just see a highlight effect, but not a white painted line. I think it's hard to color with pencil on top of Posca. I have difficulty to do that. Yes, it's it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. But if you use a round uh, tip of your pencil, not a sharp tip, it's better. So you don't scratch it. Mm. And when you've succeeded to put your first layer of pencil above, it holds. 
because sometimes I wanted to scratch it with my nail and it's too late when you have put pencil on it. <laughs> you can't scratch it anymore. <laughs> so um, uh, when you've put your first layer and you want to erase the white line, for example, you can't do it with the same color that, for example, you use a pink and then white Posca. If you use the same pink above the Posca, you will still see the Posca. You have to use a darker pink to have the same shade of the light, as the light pink. That's true. On the Posca, it, it lightens the pencil color. Now for bigger areas, I use white gesso when I want to erase uh, the lines, for example, to make uh, the hair. I erase the lines and then I follow them, but without the black lines. So it gives a more natural effect to the, the hair. And I use white gesso. And it's another medium, but on, on it, the colors are, are more vibrant than on the paper. It's the opposite of the Posca. Ah, but it's still a little bit more rough to color on compared to the paper. Yes, it's a little bit rough. So I, I rub it with my finger to make it smoother. Mm. And um, I know some people use um, sandpaper to make it smoother, but I don't have the appropriate tool to do it in my book. So I just rub it with my finger. And for hair, for example, or for feathers, it's perfect because it gives texture to the paper. And so when you color above, you don't have the same effect than on the paper. But on some patterns, it's interesting to have a texture. What do you think is most fun to color? Do you have any favorite motive? Yes, <laughs> I love coloring the nature uh, in general. Um, not flowers alone, it's not my favorite pages, but uh, if there is a, a snail or a bird or any animal, except spiders, <laughs> but uh, any animal on the pictures, it makes me want to color it. And um, the a fantasy world, you know, if you have fairies, Johanna didn't do fairies, so I would like she did. <laughs> because I'm sure I would like to color her fairies, but a fairy world is enough for me. And in Walls of Wonder, we have lots of fairy walls. If I see the floating islands, for example, um, there is a whale. But even if there wasn't a whale, this page, it's a whole imaginary world that you can enter when you color this page. So that's what I'm looking for. It's to enter in a world which will bring me far away from from everything of the daily life, you know. You said you didn't blend with, uh, a lot with white pencil that some people like to use. But how do you use your white pencils? To blend some colors, it's okay. For example, to blend the pink, it's perfect. The white pencil or to blend the lilac, I really like it. Or when I make a, a green leaf and it's too vibrant, so I use the white to make it less vibrant. So I use the white a lot, a lot. I've bought uh, 20 white pencils <laughs> in America. Prismacolor white. And so I use them really, really a lot. And when you shade, you said that you don't use black that much? It's very rare that I use black. I'm, I'm still using my first black Prismacolor pencil, I think. <laughs> it's very rare because I, I think it's too sharp, the black. So usually I use um, dark indigo or espresso, those kind of colors. And when I'm finished the shading, to just for the last touch-up, I use the black on another color, so it's not completely black because there is another color under, for example, a blue, a dark blue. I put the dark blue, then I use the black, and then I use again the dark blue. And so the black isn't completely black. It becomes blue because I use blue before and after. So I, I can reach a very, very dark blue that I don't have in the range. 
thanks to the black. But it's where I use really the black, except for the gold effect. For the gold, uh, I think the black is needed. You are doing a Magical Dawn challenge where you color one page in Hannah Carlson's Magical Dawn each month. How did uh, that start? It's a French YouTuber called Steffi Sweet Colors. And um, one day she made a video and she said, I want to progress through my Magical Dawn book, but I don't want to do it alone. So is there someone who wants to do it with me? And actually we were 10 to answer. Yes, I want to do it with you. <laughs> so she decided to make a group. And uh, we were a group of 11 girls. And um, each month, one of us chooses uh, four pages, four favorite pages in the book, and we make a vote. And the page which has the most votes wins the, the, the month. So first, it was just doing it, the 11 of us. And when we posted the first page we've done together, people wanted to come in the group. So we said it will be difficult to have a, a chat with more than 11 people because 11, it's already a lot to, to make choice every month and share or works in progress. Sometimes it's difficult to follow the conversation. If you miss uh, one day, for example, there are so many messages. So um, I had the idea to use the hashtag and create a hashtag. So every people who wanted to join us could use the hashtag and all the colorings would be together on the hashtag page. So I used the French hashtag. So I knew uh, nobody had used it. So it's colorions ensemble magical down. It means let's color together magical down. And so we have lots and lots of people all around the world entering this challenge and waiting each month for the page we have chosen. And thanks to you, you spread the word. And so we have people all around the world. Now um, I've seen that there are more than 500 posts on that hashtag. Wow. So it's wonderful. So how long will you keep coloring in my Medical Dawn and do these challenges? We are not 11 anymore. <laughs> Some girls left the group because they, they stopped coloring or they don't want to color anymore in that group. So we are more six or seven. It depends on the month. And I think we'll continue as long as we'll feel happy to. One page a month is something achievable. And even if you late, it's not a problem. When you like a page of the challenge, you can do it during a month. Everybody does it during that month. But if you do it later, it's not a problem. Just add the hashtag. It's just an event to make people happy. If I had uh, decided to myself, if I had uh, be began the challenge myself, of course, I would have chosen a book by Johanna Basford. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit frustrating <laughs> for me that each month I color a page in Hannah Carlson. And it's a lot in a year, you know, 12 pages in a year of an illustrator, which is not Johanna Basford. <laughs> it's a little bit frustrating for me. But it makes me discover new things because... I cherish this book less than my Johanna's book. So um, I dare more things. I make things and I say, oh, I'll try this. And if it's ruined, no matter. <laughs> Do you have any favorite coloring tools like sharpener, eraser, stuff like that? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. My favorite sharpener is the DAL 133. Before having it, I kept breaking my Prismacolor tips. <laughs> and they were so difficult to have open stock that I kept all the broken tips in uh, little bags, in little plastic bags with the name of the color on it. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> 
I have uh, 20 or 30 little plastic bags with the name of the colors in it. <laughs> so cute. And I used, um, it's, uh, it's like a, a mechanical pencil, but for bigger tips. And so I can put the Prismacolor tip in it. And so I used my broken tips like that. <laughs> then I discovered the Dal 133. Oh my word. <laughs> it changed everything. <laughs> my Prismacolor stopped breaking. That's amazing. And, um, what I like also is my, my Dal 1 electric eraser. Yeah, I love my too. I couldn't uh, color without it right now. <laughs> it would be impossible for me. It's so easy to erase a tiny, a tiny dot. You see, I, I'm speaking to you and <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I know that sound. <laughs> and the makeup brush, it's also a tool I use every day. <laughs> to remove the, the eraser cramps or, of course, the, the small pencil cramps that you have on your page when you're coloring. And if you do it with your hand, you can make a, a line in your page mm -hmm. because you take a small piece of pencil and you rub it with your hand and ah, <laughs> you make a line. It happens to me a lot. Yes. <laughs> Don't you use a makeup brush to do that? <laughs> yes, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so my makeup brush is a tool I use every day too. Is it something else? Mm, I'm watching my desk. Um, the lamp, a good lamp. A good lamp is very, very precious when you're coloring. So mm -hmm. you don't have to stop when there is rain outside. So I have a perfect uh, coloring lamp. It's the BenQ Genie. And it, you can choose cold light or, or warm light according to what you need on your page. And so it's, it's really perfect for me. I forget there is rain outside because of the lamp. And when you sit there in your own imaginary world and color, it sounds lovely to forget the rain. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But I always also ask my guests, what are your best coloring tips? Hmm. My best coloring tip, it's about the contrast. When we begin coloring, we tend to use uh, light colors and make a beautiful fantasy world with light colors, pastel colors. And if you put only light colors on your page, those colors are very pretty. But if they are alone, the page is bland. And to bring light to your page, you have to bring shadows. Mm. I understood that while watching the Instagram feed of Irena, Black Anery. Mm. She plays with the shadows and all her pictures are so bright. There is like a light popping out the page until you. And so I watched her feed so much to understand how her picture would look so bright with so many shadows. And actually, that was the answer. It's with the shadows that you, you give the impression of light. And it's really the, the thing I'm working for now. It's working the shadows to bring the impression of light. And that's why I color lots of night pictures for the moment, because it's, it's really uh, something I want to explore in coloring. And when I began to add more shadows on my page, I reached another level of coloring. Really, the shadows are my main tip for the moment. That's a great tip and, and difficult because I can see when I watch back that I have a lot of quite boring without contrast pictures, but I still have that problem. I do give more shadows, but then I start to darken everything else. So the contrast get lost anyway. Yes, yes. That's difficult to find really the balance. 
add the shadows, but not too much. Sometimes you make a, a daylight picture, and so you think you don't have to put shadows at all because it's daylight. But uh, yes, the thing is to find the way to add shadows. It's like Posca. Mm. <laughs> um, you have to make people forget that you add for Posca, and it's the same with the shadows. You add them, but um, you don't want it to be noticed. And just it brings something to the page. And just with practice, we learn. If you add too much shadows and you think your page is too dark, next time just add less <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> well, it's easy to say but hard to do. <laughs> We have so many pages. That's true. If you try something and it's not what you wanted, on that book you have hundred other pages to try another thing. And everybody has more than one book, I think. <laughs> so just try. I'm so impressed that you managed to color so much and do the videos and you are live streaming and you will live stream sometimes in the Johanna Best for your pages group and you are you are on Instagram. How do you manage? I feel that I never finish all the page I want to finish. You know, I can't uh, just begin one page and finish that one. And so I'm, I'm not finished this page, but no matter, I will begin another one. And so I have uh, many works in progress. And sometimes I'm a little bit frustrated because I don't find the time <laughs> to finish the page I've begun. So um, I try uh, some weeks, I try to post less video, but uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many ideas and so many shooted videos. You know, I have some shooted videos from one year ago. I, I haven't edited yet. <laughs> mm. And for you, I mean, it takes a lot of time and you are adding your own texts. And how long does it take for you to to edit a video? Oh, my God. Do you really want to know? <laughs> yes. If I make a video, for example, of a 45 minute a tutorial in French and then I translate in English. So I write all the text in French, then I translate the text in English, I print it and then I record my voice in English and then I make a second editing above the same pictures with the English text. It takes about 30 hours for one video, which will be two videos, of course, one in French and one in English. It takes 30 hours of editing. <laughs> wow, that is a lot It's it's a little bit too much. <laughs> Editing is not as fun as coloring. Absolutely not. I <laughs> wish one day I would be rich and I could pay somebody to do this for me. That would be heaven. I, I could only color every every week. You know, in a week I make uh, work for YouTube during 20 hours and coloring eight hours. Mm. That's very sad. <laughs> I would prefer to color 20 hours and uh, editing eight hours. Yeah, it's such a slow work and you are doing it so, so complicated, which is great. Yes, I make it too complicated. I agree. I have to to find a way to make it simpler. <laughs> But it's a wonderful way to connect people from different uh, languages. Yes, really. That's why I don't stop, you know, because uh, people are there and I and I love them. <laughs> they love me and I love them. And it's such a wonderful moments of sharing. Mm. So at each video, I don't know how many times I will continue. When I made my first video, I thought I would make only one. Mm. And um, there is no pressure. You know, I can stop whenever I want. 
actually. <laughs> it's not a job. I don't get paid for for it. So I can stop anytime I want. And when I receive the messages of the people saying what they feel about my video and they, they began to dare coloring in their books and they found useful tips in my videos, I, I said to myself, I, I want to make another one. <laughs> and it's just another one plus another one. And then now it's I have 200 videos wow. in my channel. Maybe I can continue only because I said to myself that I can stop whenever I want. So I don't. <laughs> True. If I said to myself, it's an obligation, I have to do it the next year. It would be too, too hard for my shoulders. And then it's more like a, a, a work. Yes, then it's more like a work. Absolutely. So saying to yourself that you can stop whenever you want and uh, you can continue only if it uh, makes you happy. Maybe it's that's what makes us continue making videos. Mm. We are happy that you are doing these videos so we can watch them and learn and be inspired. And thank you for taking your time and talk to me and to, to the community in this podcast. It was so inspiring to listen to you, to your coloring happiness. Ah, oh, yes. I'm so happy when I color and almost as happy when I speak about coloring. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Barbara. And thank you, everyone that have been listening. And goodbye. Most of all, happy colorings. True. Happy coloring. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>